together in my name. Lord, we're here in your name today. Your name has been revealed to us by the scriptures. We're here in your name, gathered, and you promised you would be here too. And so we're thankful for that. Lord, I pray that you would move in, in a miraculous way this morning. Pray, Lord, that you would use the, the vacancy created by the weakness of my body. Lord, and speak directly to the people. Lord, maybe there'd be someone here and they lifted their hands with different needs. Lord, I don't know what they are. But you know, Lord, and may you meet those needs. All the preaching of the word is going forth. Lord, while we worship at the end, at the baptismal service, Lord, whatever we do today, Lord, while we're doing it, may there just be a, a miraculous meeting of those needs, Lord, we pray. We thank you and we'll give you the glory and the honor for it in Jesus' name. love the Lord this morning. Matthew chapter 3 and verse 1. I want to speak to you this morning on scriptural water baptism. I've had it on my heart for a while and I thought I'd take the opportunity this morning since uh, Madison, Madeline is going to be baptized. Maddie's going to be baptized. Oh, where's she at? She's going to get me in trouble again. But uh, we're, so, we're so happy to, for that today. And if there's anyone else that would like to be baptized, there's water in the tank to do that. But I'd like to talk to you about that this morning. And like I said, it's been on my heart for a while uh, because it's an important step. And maybe some of you that have been baptized for many years and you're Christians, you say, well, there's nothing there for me. But I want you to listen closely because I believe there is something here. Because baptism begins our walk with Christ. And we continue that walk and the yielding that we do in baptism, the fact that we, we surrender ourselves to the water, we also have to continue to surrender ourselves to Christ, to the Word of God, the rest of our lives. And one day, we'll surrender ourselves in such a way that we'll change from these vile bodies into a body like His glorious body. Isn't that wonderful? Amen. And so it's just the Christian life is a surrendered life. That's what we do. We don't live our own. That's a, that's a, in this world that we live in, I don't want to start preaching before I read, but in the world that we live in, what a, a, a difference between the Christian and the world. Because the world says, be yourself. Do what you want to do. Live for yourself. Live for your own pleasure. And Christ says, take up your cross yes. and follow me. Yeah. But I promise you, if you take up your cross, you'll find out who you really are. Yes. Amen. Amen. Matthew chapter 3 and verse 1. In those days came John the Baptist preaching in the wilderness of Judea, and saying, Repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. This is he that was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah, saying, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. 
The same John had his raiment of camel's hair and a leathern girdle about his loins, and his meat was locust and wild honey. And then went out to him Jerusalem and all Judea and all the region round about Jordan were baptized of him in Jordan, confessing their sins. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees come to his baptism, he said unto them, O generation of vipers, who hath warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Notice he pointed out the self-righteous among them. He said, Bring forth therefore fruits meet for repentance. And think not to say within yourselves, We have Abraham to our father. For I say unto you that God is able of these stones to raise up children unto Abraham. And now also the axe is laid unto the root of the trees. Therefore every tree which bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. He said, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance. But he that cometh after me is mightier than I whose shoes I am not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost yes. and with fire, yes. whose fan is in his hand, and will thoroughly purge his floor and gather his wheat into the garner, but he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. Don't you want to be found among the wheat? Yes. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. I think one of the most memorable things that we can do as parents is to see our children baptized. It's a longing in the heart of every parent, no matter how old your children are. Uh, Brother Stewart's going to be baptizing Maddie today after the service this morning, and we'll just go directly into that service at the end of this one uh, and just go directly over there so there'll be no, uh, you'll be able to come, and then if you don't want to stay for dinner or whatever, you can, you can leave after that. But uh, I've baptized many folks, and I've baptized some who are still Christians today. I've baptized some who are in glory. I've baptized some, and I, and I remember their baptism as a turning point in their life. I'm always thankful for that. Yeah. Uh, that someone, I remember uh, Sister Bowers passed away this week. I remember I baptized her son when he was probably in his 40s. And suddenly he turned to God and, or started coming to church, and, and he was baptized. And just a few months later, he, uh, his life ended. And... And we don't know what, what tomorrow holds. And so I was thankful to be able to do that. Others, some are born again. And you see their life change before, or before being baptized. And then they're baptized. And others are born again at the baptism. And have an experience with that. And some are baptized and many years later they're born again. And some feel the need to be rebaptized Because they felt that they should have been more serious the first time. And it is a serious time. It's an important step. Regardless of when you're baptized or what age you are, it's an important step, but it's one which we are commanded to do. It's not an optional thing. And, and so if you know to do good and don't do it, that's iniquity. And, and so it's the step, it's a sign. It doesn't save you, but it's a sign that you're surrendering your life to Christ. Now I want to look at the scriptures today and see what scriptural water baptism is. And we know that the scripture is the Bible, nothing else. Yes. Can we say amen to that this morning? Are you awake yet this morning? I know it's cloudy outside and it's been rainy, but scriptural is Bible. Amen. Uh, it's not Bible plus my opinion. Yeah. Right. right? It's not Bible plus tradition. Yeah. Right? It's not Bible plus whatever I think about it. Yeah. It's Bible. Yeah. This is our only book. Brother Branham put it this way. He said there's been many books written... Philosophers has raised and fell. 
He said, but there's only one book that will tell you who you are. You want to know who you are this morning? You want to really know who you are? He said, there's one book that will tell you who you are, where you come from, where you're going, and that's the Bible. He said, that's the only book of all the fine books we have. You can trash them every one. That's pretty strong, isn't it? He said, you can trash them every one. This is the truth. Anything contrary to this is not right. And we've got to stand on that because if we don't stand on that, we have nothing. Right? If, if the Bible may or may not be true, then I may or may not be saved. Right? Yes, sir. Right? If it may or may not be true, then I may or may not be a Christian. I may or may not be going to heaven. I may or, but because I believe the Bible is true, and I don't rest in emotion, I don't rest in sensation, I don't rest in what, what happened, my particular experience... You understand, my experience may be different from someone else's, but that's not where my rest is. That's not what I put my, 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 uh, my, my faith in, but it's because the Bible says yes. that if I would believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and repent and be baptized, yes. I would be filled with the Holy Ghost. I'm resting on that. Yes. Yes. Amen. And then that happened to me, and it, and it was just a sign to me that the word was true. Yes. Right, right, but it doesn't. Regardless of my own experience, the Bible is true, and I, I hope we get that this morning. Yes, yes, the Bible is true about baptism. That's right. The Bible is true about the oneness of the Godhead. The Bible is true about yes. whether or not we should have church, right. whether or not we should worship God. The Bible is true. Let all others be a lie. Something has to be true. Yes. If you've ever had a job, you know that somebody's got to have the final word, and that's the word of God. And the message of the hour, and we believe the message of the hour, the message of the hour is the light on the scripture. We were in a dark room of denominationalism, but there was a man, Christ Jesus, who can come and turn on the light. And when he did, the light of the hour illuminated the Bible where we would know what it said. And it brought us back to restore us back to the scriptures. Now, John the Baptist was the first one to baptize to repentance. And the word baptize means, it's literally to immerse. The Greek word is baptizo, which is to immerse. It's, if someone says, well, I was sprinkled, and uh, they sprinkled me with water and they baptized me. They didn't baptize you. It's literally impossible. Because you have to be immersed to be baptized. It's to dip in the water or to immerse in the water, to cover uh, with the water. And... Uh, John the Baptist was the first one to do that. You notice he does it in the River Jordan. The Bible tells us he baptized where there was much water because he had to go down he went down into the water and, and the water had to cover the person that was being baptized. And so scriptural baptism is, is immersing. Now, uh, it is an outward act that's done in commemoration of the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus. Yes. I want us to look at this this morning. Because it identifies us as an individual with the resurrection of Christ. Right. And we must be identified that way. Yeah. Now, if you go to Romans chapter 6, if you want to turn there, Romans chapter 6, and we'll read verses 1 through 13, you'll find that Romans chapter 6, in, in chapter 5, Paul is telling them about grace. And he's telling them that he indicts, in the book of Romans, he indicts the, the world for the condition that they're in. He makes the argument that even if you're not a Christian, even if you're not a Jew, just by being born, nature itself ought to, ought to show you that there's a God. Yeah. He makes that argument and he tells about all the horrible things and he 
goes through and he talks about faith and about grace. And he makes the point that where sin abounds, yes. grace superabounds. He said grace much more abounds. And so we believe that today. But then he goes on to say that it doesn't stop there. Because there's something that has happened to us that grace, when it picks us up, it doesn't leave us as we are. And I would say, you know, many churches today say come as you are. I would say that's true. But don't stay as you are. Because the Bible says that you can be changed. You can be a new creature in Christ Jesus. If we don't teach that, if we don't believe that, we don't believe anything. Yes. And so we do. We accept all people, and they come as they are. But I believe that if a person, no matter what they were, listen to me, no matter what the depths of sin have been that they've sunk to, that person can be raised in newness of life. Listen, the body of Jesus in the tomb was completely dead. Think about that for a minute. Completely dead. And you are buried with him by baptism into his death. That was completely dead. And so when the body was completely dead, that body could not raise itself up. I hope you hear me today. But the spirit that was in it, hallelujah, come and raise that body up in newness of life. And if you have the spirit of Christ, if you receive the Holy Ghost, the body of sin is dead. What that means is you don't have to pay anymore. The penalty was death. He He paid the price of death. You don't have to pay for your sin. But you do have to be buried with it. Right? So instead of paying for your own sin, you identify with his payment. You're buried with him in baptism. And you are raised in newness of life. So you're not the same person that you were. Right. So the Christianity that we teach and we believe in makes you different. It doesn't make you odd or weird. It it makes you forgiven. Yes. It doesn't make you walk around with a long face all the time criticizing people. No, it gives you the joy of the Lord. That's right. Right. It doesn't make you uh, different in your facial features or different in your, uh, in, your, in your height or your weight, but it makes you different where it matters in your soul. And then that expresses itself in your body. So Paul says, what should we say then? If, if grace superabounds, what should we say? Should we continue in sin that grace may abound? He said, God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer there? And notice his argument. He said, know you not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death. Right. Yeah. right. Baptism identifies us with the death of Christ. Yeah. He said, well, I don't want to be identified with death. But unless you're identified with death to the old life, That's right. you can never be identified with life in Christ. Yeah. Right, so he says, it, the baptism, bab, you were baptized into his death. Therefore, we are buried with him. Oh, I love that. We are buried with him by baptism into death. Like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection. Yes. Now notice Paul's line of thinking. He says, now, if you went down with him, if you were buried with him, and like I said, there's many that I've baptized that have turned away. There's some that are good Christians today. But what happened? They did not, the symbol was there, but not the reality. Yes. Right? But if you ever get the reality of being dead with him, yes. when you're baptized, you're baptized into his death. 
yeah. then you're dead with him. Yeah. And if you're dead with him, yeah. Yeah. Amen. listen, now if you're dead with him, you can't by your own works be raised. The body is dead. Right? You're dead. You, you can't. Uh, even you children, I think, can understand this this morning, and I hope that you do, because several of our children are old enough or getting to that age to be baptized, and some of them have already been baptized. But when you're baptized, you're baptized into the death of Christ. You're identifying yourself. Oh, my. You're, you're death to your own thinking, death to your own ways, death to the old man, death to the old sin, death to the things you used to do, death to the rebellion that indwells the human being. Yes. Are you hearing me today? You're saying, I'm, I'm dying to the Adamic nature, that rebellion against God. I'm dying to that rebellion, and I'm being raised in newness of life. Hallelujah. So now, he said we should walk in newness of life, for if we've been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him. I tell you what, that old man deserved it. <laughs> Wasn't nothing good in him. Paul said it this way. He said, he said who shall deliver me from the body of this death? It, it's, a, it's a canker. It's, there's nothing good in my old man. Right. I'm not talking about my father. I'm talking about this. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The old man is the flesh. Yeah. Nothing good in the flesh. Right. Yes, sir. But our old man is crucified with him. Amen. Put to a cruel death that the body of sin might be destroyed, yeah. that henceforth we should not serve sin. Right. Now, is it possible to, to, it's possible to make a mistake? Sure. But we don't serve sin. Right. When we make a mistake, we make it right. That's right. Because we still, and you understand you're being redeemed. There will come a day when you'll never make another mistake because you'll be in a perfect body. Right. That day is not today. Yeah. Right, so just go ahead and give up on that idea. Yeah. Well, I'm going to be perfect somehow before the rapture. No, the moment the rapture happens, that's when you're going to be perfect. Yeah. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. But I like what Brother Stewart preached about Wednesday night because we, are, we do need to come to a maturity as the bride of Christ yes. beyond just being perfected by the blood. Yeah. But yet there has to come a maturity in us that we reckon ourselves dead yeah. and we walk in newness of life. And that's what Paul is saying as well. He said, don't stop at baptism. Yeah. But identify yourself with the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. Yeah. Now... It says, we, henceforth should not serve sin, for he that is dead is freed from sin. So sin is presented as the taskmaster, as the slave driver. Yeah. And, and we were the slave, but now we're freed from sin. He said, now if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we, should, we shall also live with him. Now what does that mean? It means I can walk away without that sin being able to force me to do what I didn't want to do. Right? I, I think there's very few people that want to smoke. But it, it, it's, a, it's a desire. And it becomes even a physical thing, a desire. But sin has no more dominion over you. That's right. yeah. Paul says, because you're not under the law, you're under grace. That's right. The law in your body tells you you, you, don't, you have to have that. But, but Christ says you don't. That's right. right? You don't have to do. And so you're not bound to do the things that you, that you don't want to do. Yes. Amen. I don't think any Christian wants to sin, wants to do wrong. 
There's lots of people who aren't Christians that don't want to do wrong. But they can't help it. Many of them are caught up in, in drugs and alcohol and all kinds of different things. And they want to do what's right, but they just can't help. They just can't help but do what they do. But I'm here to tell you this morning, there is a blood. There is a Christ. There is a resurrected Christ. Yeah. That, a life that you can walk in where you can be completely free. Yeah. Are you hearing me this morning? Yes, sir. Completely free, not partially free. Yes. Not free during certain times of the week. Not free during church time, but free all of the time. Yes, sir. So he says, you reckon yourselves to be dead to sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. I think I skipped a couple of verses, but he said, Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body, that you should obey it in the lust or the desires thereof. Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God. There's the Christian life. I hope the kids hear me and the young people and the, and the adults. Yeah, yeah. The Christian life is yielding. Yes. Yes. And when we protect our self-interest above all else, we're not yielding. Yes. When we make ourselves bigger than the word, we're not yielding. Right. When, we, when we think that, well, you know, today it's like, Anything that you say that you disagree with me on is a personal attack against me. That's the way the world feels. And you can't, you can't disagree with me because then you do violence to me. That's wrong. Huh? Because I'm not right just because I think. Right? Just because I am doesn't mean I'm right. Just because I was born. The Bible teaches the very opposite. You were born in sin, shaping in iniquity. Yeah. So no one here was born right. We were born wrong. And we're made right by the blood of Jesus Christ. But there's such a freedom in that because what that means is, you know, if you just have to be what you are. And they say today that, well, if you're, uh, if you're a homosexual, if, that's, if you're attracted to men, that that's got to be what you are. That that's just, you, know, you were born that way, and you just got to present that way, and you'll change into a woman or do something like that. But the Bible tells us differently. You were that way because of a fallen nature. You were that way. That doesn't mean that you'll be lost, but you've got to change that. You can't do it on your own. You've got to come to Christ. And if you come to Christ, let him take that out of you. Be, be buried with him. By baptism into his death and be raised in newness of life. So we don't just express what we are. And that's why we let, this is why we let the Bible dictate what we do. Right. And where the Bible tells us how we should dress and what we should do and how we should act, we do that. Yeah. Right? And that's not a law. That's not someone standing up here and me checking everybody as they go out and saying, well, you can't come in unless you dress a certain way. It's not that at all. Yeah. But we believe the Bible. Yeah. And we're yielded to the Bible. Yeah. We want others to yield to the Bible, but I can't do that for you. Yeah. Right? And I'm not going to treat you wrong because you don't yield, but you need to yield if you, want to, if you want to be identified in his resurrection, yes. you need to yield to his death. Yes. So now, he said, yield your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. So in other words, we're following Christ. We're following Christ. You hear that a lot anymore. Disciples, Christ followers. Yes. <laughs> and you, we hear that a lot anymore. And we are following Christ. Yeah. Right? But we're following him not just to church. Not just to where we can hang a cross up in our window. Right. Yeah. Not just where we can say God sent a prophet. Right. Yeah. 
But we're following Christ in the walk that he walked. Yes. Yes. Follow him to the cross. Yes. Follow him to the grave. Yes. Are you with me now? Yes. And follow him to the sky. Yes. Baptism is the beginning of that journey. Brother Branham says this. He said, notice when Elisha following Elijah. You'll find that in, in 1 Kings chapter 2, I believe, when Elisha, when Elijah is about to be taken up. And Elisha is following Elijah. He said, for a reason. Right? He said, where did he take him? To Jordan. To Ramoth Gilead. Up to the school of prophets and down to Jordan. So he made steps along the way. He said, that's the way he takes you through justification, sanctification, and dying out to receive life. He said, not to a denomination or some creed, but to death to your spirit so you can be born again. And so Elisha, in, in, in spite of the fact that Elijah told him to stay here, Elisha followed him yeah. in spite of that. And he followed, his, he followed him because he wanted to go through the same path to take the same journey. Because if he took the same journey, then the power that was on Elijah could come on him. Oh, I'm, I'm here to tell you, church, that we cannot, listen, we cannot live as Christians in the day that we live in. Yeah. With, unless the power, the spirit that was on Jesus on. Christ comes yeah. back on us. Yes, sir. You can't do it on your own. Yeah. So what do we have to do? We got to go with, with him to Bethel. Go with him to Ramoth Gilead. Yeah. Go with him to justification. Yeah. Follow him to sanctification. Yeah. Follow him to the grave. Follow him to baptism and follow him uh, across the river. And when you get to the other side, you can say, where is the God of Elijah? Yeah. <laughs> He's right here. Yes, sir. Are you with me now? Yes. <laughs> I've had a hard week, Joel. Leave me alone. Joel sits over there and judges the way my collar turns up and bless his heart. I'm going to do that to you tonight. I'm going to sit right there. Aren't you glad? Aren't you glad that though we're not perfect, we can still follow Christ? But the Bible said we follow Jesus to his death, burial, and baptism. Death, burial, and resurrection, rather, he said, through baptism. Isn't that a powerful thought? Yes. He said we believe him. We're to die out to the things of the world. Confess that we're nothing. Baptized in his name, buried with him in baptism, raised with him in resurrection. Our spirits live up above the things of the world. He said, then we're in Christ. Amen. I pick on Joel and these kids up here because I can't see the rest of you with my glasses off. <laughs> Scriptural baptism, what is it? It's in the name of, Jesus, of the Lord Jesus Christ. Yes. Right? Matthew 28, 19. Let's look at that. It says, go you therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them... In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Now, if you're baptized in Trinitarian circles today, they'll baptize you in the name of the Father and in the name of the Son and in the name of the Holy Ghost. But that's not what it says. Right? It says baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Now, that's into the name. If you go back in the original, into the name. We're baptized into the name. We've been baptized into Christ. Baptized into the name, not names. Now, Brother Branham says this. He said, in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. He said, there's no such thing as the name of the Father because Father is not a name. It's a title. Right. No such thing as the name of Son because Son is a title. There's no such thing as the name of the Holy Ghost. That's what he is. Yeah, sure. Right? So if I told you to baptize in the name of the pastor, the dad, and the husband. Right? right? There's lots of dads and husbands here, but one pastor. Right? Yeah. 
you would baptize in my name. I would hope. I didn't get my thought across very well. Say, now I baptize you in the name of the pastor, in the name of the dad, in the name of the husband. But you could say all of that by just saying the Ben Pruitt. Right? That's my name. Now, Ephesians 3.14 tells us for this cause, I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom, now watch, the whole family. Yes. If, you're not, if, if you don't believe in his name, and you're not baptized in his name, you can't be in the family. That's what he's saying. Of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. Right? Is named. Who, who are they named? The, the Lord Jesus Christ. He actually says, in the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now watch. Jesus said in John 5, 43, I am come in my Father's name. Right? Right? He said, you receive me not. If another shall come in his own name, him will you, you will receive. Yeah. And so there's no other name, the scripture tells us, for salvation or healing. Look at Acts chapter 4 and verse 10. He said, be it known unto you all and to all the people of Israel, but that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him, that this man stand here before you whole. You want healing? You have to be healed in his name. You're healed in his name. You're saved in his name. There is no other name. Right now, he says, he says, even by him does this man stand before you. Hold, this is the stone which was set at naught of you builders, which has become the head of the corner. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. What name? The name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Yes, that's what he says. Now, Colossians three seventeen. Whatsoever you do, so I'm preaching in his name. Yeah. Right? You're going to church in his name. Yeah. We're going to eat in his name a little bit while later. Yeah. Right? Everything we do, yeah. we in word or deed, yeah. do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. All New Testament baptisms were in the name of Jesus Christ. Yes. All, without exception. There was no other name used by the apostles other than the name of Jesus Christ. Yes. The Jews in Acts 2.38, Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. The promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. So he says, Be baptized in the name. The Samaritans in Acts 8.16, the Bible says that they had not yet had the Spirit fallen upon them, but they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus was Samaritans. Gentiles in Acts chapter 10 and verse 48, he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. Then prayed they him to tarry certain days. So they were baptized in the name. And Peter said the name is the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, of Jesus Christ. Now, and Brother Branham said you could use uh, Jesus Christ or the Lord Jesus Christ. He uses the Lord Jesus Christ because it tells us who he is. Yeah. Right? He is our Lord. Yes. Right? Because there, there might be someone else named Jesus or even Jesus Christ. But he is the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, Paul in 1 Corinthians 1, he goes into that. We don't have time to go into that today. But he says, you weren't baptized in my name. Yeah. I know there's, there's elements today that would baptize in the name of William Branham. It's, it's Antichrist. Yeah. Right. right. You weren't baptized in William Branham's name. Yeah. Because you weren't saved in William Branham's name. Right. Right. 
You're not baptized in the name of a pastor. You're baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. And it's more than just the words that we say, but you're baptized under the authority of Christ. Right. Now, so they were baptized. Those who were baptized differently had to be rebaptized. Because you remember John, we started with John. John went and baptized. But he baptized unto repentance. He couldn't baptize in the name of Jesus Christ because Christ had not yet come and the death, burial, and resurrection had not yet taken place. And so there were some disciples of John who remained disciples of John and had not yet heard of this baptism in the name of Jesus Christ. In Acts chapter 19, verse 1, it says, It came to pass that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul passed through the upper coast and came to Ephesus and find certain disciples. And he said unto them, Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? They said unto him, We have not so much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. And he said unto them, Unto what then were you baptized? And they said unto John's baptism. So they would not have been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. He said, Then said Paul, John verily baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying unto the people that they should believe on him which should come after him, that is on Christ Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name yeah. of the Lord Jesus. Yes. You would think that if every time in the scripture that it was done, that it would be done in that name, that that's the way people would do it today. And yet most denominational Christians do not do that today. Right. Yeah. Well, what happened? Well, it's the word plus somebody's idea. Yeah, that's right. And again, this isn't difficult. You don't have to take Brother Branham's word on this. You don't have to take my word on it. You just look at the scripture. Right, because they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. So if, we want to, if baptism is so important to us, it begins our, our walk with Christ. Yeah. Our newness of life. It puts us, identifies us with the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. Then we want to be baptized correctly. Yes. Right? And we want to stay as close to the scripture as we can. Yes. And so that's why we do it the way that we do. Immerse in water and baptize in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, when Paul laid his hands upon them, the Holy Ghost came on them, and they spake with tongues and prophesied. So baptism is not the end, but baptism is a start. And if you're baptized correctly, you are a candidate then for the Holy Ghost. And Galatians 1 and 8 tells us that though we are an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel unto you, than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. I've had many people come to me and try to tell me that it's some other name or some other way or some other, uh, we were wrong about this. If you're not an angel from heaven or Paul, you don't even fit in this scripture. But he said, even if an angel came, you ain't no angel. He said, let him be accursed. Yes. Scriptural baptism, put it in the common vernacular there. Scriptural baptism is essential. I want to get to this because I know there's some things that we have to do in the church. Are you still with me this morning? Yeah. I know it's a little bit different. And uh, for me, I, I've been a little bit under the weather. And I thought, well, maybe we'll just teach out of the scripture today. And I'll try not to get too excited. And maybe I'll be okay. I'm not sick where I can hurt you. It's just the allergies really get me down every, every year about this time. And, and so I'm just kind of... Pushing my way through it. Y'all just, as the faster you amen, the faster I'll get through it. So now, baptism is essential. Now we were left with three outward ordinances as a church that we had to do. Baptism, communion, and foot washing. Look, it was so essential to them. Look, look at the story we just read. Paul come to them and he said, you've got to be baptized. Not just baptized, but baptized correctly. Yes. Right? If you want to receive the Holy Ghost, you've got to follow him in baptism. So it's an essential thing. Baptism, communion, and foot washing, that's the only outward ordinances 
Now, I, I may hurt your feelings a little bit. He didn't leave us so many tapes to listen to. Right. Yeah. That would be an outward ordinance of the church. He didn't even say read so many scriptures. Right? He didn't say get on your app and, 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 and have this little time with God every day. No, it's a good thing. I want you to do that. Yeah. Right? If you've got an app that helps you or some way of meditation or something, but that wasn't the ordinance. He left us. Yeah. Say, so, well, I get on the Internet and I watch my favorite preacher and I get on there and I watch them and, and I'm overjoyed by the service and I listen to the sermon. I must be a Christian. But have you done the things that God told you to do? Right, because that's what makes us a Christian is our yielding to Christ. Yeah. Is our yielding to the Word. So these things have to be done. Yeah. There, there's no alternatives to it. Brother Branham tells us there's a baptismal service following this one. He said, if anyone here that has not been baptized in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, let me say to you as God's servant, baptism is essential to salvation. No, it's not salvation, but it's essential to salvation. Right. He said, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Now, if you haven't been baptized in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, you've believed on him and confessed your sins, come now forward after this service and you can be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. Yes. Now, he also taught us that communion and foot washing are essential. So I'm going to talk to some of you who have been in church for a while. Yeah. You realize that's not optional, right? right. Yes, communion and foot washing? Yeah. It's not optional. Now, he didn't tell us how many times to do it. Right. Yeah. In the early church, he did it every week. They met every week. But we don't do that. We do it every other month, I believe, is the schedule that we're on now because there's no scripture for how often. Right? Yeah. right? But you've got to do it. Yeah. And I know Christians who have never washed the saints' feet. Message believers who have never taken communion. Yeah. And I have to tell you, you are not with the Word of God, exactly. not following Christ. Yeah. Right. You, you can't be. Right? You are actually actively denying the word by not doing what God told you to do. Yeah. And it's a very simple thing. Sure. Right? It's not difficult. But we make it difficult because we build up things in our mind. Say, well, I'm not worthy. Well, if you're not worthy, are you a Christian? Huh? If you're a Christian, you will say, well, I've made mistakes since I've been a Christian. Repent of it. That's all it takes. But it is essential to your Christian walk. You can't be as good a Christian. I will say this, I don't believe a Christian will. If you're a real Christian, I don't believe that you will remain in a condition where you have, where you never wash feet, yeah. you never take communion, and you never were baptized. That's getting kind of there. You say, well, well, we do that. Now, again, it doesn't save you. But if we won't obey the simple command of the word, how are we ever going to receive the Holy Ghost? Yeah. Right? And so... Brother Branham said, I might explain, he said, as I said a few moments ago, he said the thing that God left for us to do, water baptism, one article, communion, that's two. And if you want to find that, well, we read the communion scripture. The communion scripture is 1 Corinthians chapter 11. The scripture for foot washing is St. John 13. And if you want to find that, you can go back and read that. He says, happier you if you do it. He leaves that with us yeah. to do. And so he said, that's two. God is perfected in three. Feet washing is the third. He said, we remember that years later, even in the Bible, some people try to say it's not necessary. Yeah. He said, certainly, I don't mean to say that people's feet need washing. That isn't it. Maybe theirs did not either, but it was an act of humility. It's an act of doing, just as essential as water baptism. Yeah. 
Because he said here that I've given you an example that you should do to each other as I've done to you. Now, I know there are some people that get feeble in their body where they can't come to church or maybe they get to the point where they can't physically wash feet. And I believe God, the blood of Jesus Christ is what saves us. Yeah. Right? God understands that. But if you can and don't, God knows that too. Yeah. Right? And we find ourselves in rebellion against God. Yeah. So we don't want to do that, do we? Rebellion against God doesn't go well. That's right. That's true. Ask the Sodomites. Yeah. How rebellion against God goes. Ask Israel. Yeah. How rebellion against God goes. When they wouldn't receive him. When he come to them and he wept over Jerusalem and they wouldn't receive him. And he said, he said I, I would have hovered over you like a hen over a chicken. He said, but you would not. Ask them how that went. Yes. When a few years later, Titus destroyed Jerusalem. We don't want to be found in rebellion against God now and again I don't say that to scare you you've got to do it because you have the love of Jesus Christ in your heart if you love the word then you'll you'll yes, come sir. to Christ you'll do these things but people will tell me today and Satan gets in the middle of that and and today we have streaming and I just want to address that quickly because we have people that stream the services I know there's some that do that exclusively and we have people that do that are watching right now that are, are streamers of our services that don't, are, live too far to come to church. And I'm glad that they do that. Ideally, you would have a church in your neighborhood that you could go to church at. Right? The idea is not to build this one into a mega church. The idea is if we get too many people to start another one. Right? Where I'm not the pastor, but God raises up a pastor. You understand? That's the idea. Of, of, that's the New Testament idea. It's not to just build us together. But people stream, and I know people do it overseas. We've got people overseas that watch our services. I want our services to be open. But that is not a replacement for yeah. the things that you can only do in the church. Yeah. Right. 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 right? Now, I could wash my, my wife's feet at home. And there's a doctrine going around now that you can do communion foot washing by yourselves at home. Well, for single people, that's difficult. <laughs> and even if you could, there's no humility in it. Right? I mean, I can wash my own feet. Don't take no humility for that. You see how by our traditions we destroy the, the, the Word yes. of God? Yes, sir. Amen. Right? The whole purpose of it? Yeah. The Bible said the purpose of it was humility. Right. How can we do that by ourselves? Say, well, I'll just serve myself communion. It, listen, I believe, again, that if there was somebody who could not get to a church, who was stuck in Alaska somewhere or in the jungles of Africa, could not get to church, and they took the communion and, and broke the bread, if they did it correctly, I believe God would honor that. But if there is any way that you could have went to church yeah. and you didn't go to church yeah. and you served yourself communion, you went against God. Yeah. Go look at the communion scripture in 1 Corinthians 11. See how many times Paul says, when you come together. Yeah. Right? Four or five times in that scripture he says, when you come together. Yeah. Right? Not when you do it at home and, and, and listen to a tape. Man, I've got to get off of this. Now look. He said, I've given you an example that you should do to others I've done to you. He said, we find out in the scripture, a widow cannot be brought in amongst the people unless she had lodged strangers and washed the feet of the saints, showing ourselves humble. He said that if anything we want to be is humble. Isn't that what we want to be today? Because yes. that's the secret to power is through humility. Yes. And you're always happy when you come out of these things of doing them. He said, it's a blessed order of fellowship we observe here at the church. And so we do that with someone other than our family, yes. right? Because that's the purpose of it. Yeah. Humility. 
and to follow the word of God, to come together and take, break the bread together because we're the body of Christ together. Right? We're just apart by ourselves. Baptism, though, was never an end in itself. But it points to a spiritual happening. 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 18. For Christ also hath once suffered for sins, just for the unjust that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the Spirit, by which also he went and preached unto the spirits in prison, which sometimes were disobedient. Look, look at how God does. He doesn't leave them. He goes and preaches to them, even after they've turned it down. Yes. They have to hear it. Yes. And so he, he said, we're disobedient when once the long-suffering of God waited in the days of Noah while the ark was preparing, wherein few, that is, eight souls were saved by water. Yes. He said, the like figure whereunto even baptism doth also now save us. Yes. He said, not the putting away the filth of the flesh, because in the Old Testament realm, ceremonial washings was to wash yourself from filth of the flesh, from literal dirt. Yeah. Right? That, that's what it was to wash yourself from. Make yourself clean. You washed before you come and offer the sacrifice. The priest had to wash. But he said, that's not what this is. Yes. Not the putting away of, of literal dirt, but the answer of a good conscience toward God. Yeah. Right? By the uh, resurrection. I love that. By the resurrection yes. of Jesus Christ. Yes. Amen. So we're speaking of his resurrection. We're saying, Lord, I'm going to be buried with you yeah. so I can be raised with you. Yes. And I realize that the water itself doesn't save me, but I can be raised. Yes. Aren't you glad you can be raised today in the newness of life? Listen, he said, Who has gone into heaven is on the right hand of God, angels and authorities and powers being made subject unto him. Amen. Then if powers and angels and authorities are subject unto him, let me be subject unto him. Is that your desire today? Church, I don't want to be a law to myself. I don't want to be the one that makes all the rules. I want to be subject to Christ. And who is he? He is the Word. He said in the beginning was the Word. And the Word was Christ. Amen. Jesus' baptism was essential. And he was baptized by John. And John's baptism was even essential because if they did not receive it, they would not receive Christ. Luke chapter 7 speaks of that. And I'm going to have to skip past some of this to save time this morning. But he talks about how that John came. And if you go on down, he said, For I say unto you, among those that are born of women, there is not a greater prophet than John the Baptist. He that is least in the kingdom of God is greater than he. And all the people that heard him and the publicans justified God being baptized with the baptism of John. So those that were baptized who yielded themselves to John's message yeah. could hear the message of Christ. Yeah. Right? But the Pharisees and the lawyers rejected the counsel of God yeah. against themselves. Why? Yes. They were not baptized. Think about it. Just the act, the fact that they had, the baptism itself didn't do it. But the fact that they yielded themselves to John's message meant that they would believe Jesus' message. Right. Yes. All of them, there were some that believed John that didn't believe in Christ. But if they had yielded themselves, if they were a seed of God, they would yield themselves again. Oh my, that's the Christian life. Now, Peter tells us to repent and be baptized. We read that in preparation for the coming of the Holy Ghost. And if you receive the Holy Ghost, you can receive the Holy Ghost without being baptized, by the way, because they did in Cornelius' house. They received the Holy Ghost, but they were quickly baptized. And, and when the eunuch stood there or was there with Philip riding in the chariot, and Philip joined himself to the chariot, and the eunuch, he's explaining to him, Isaiah 53, who is this man he's talking about? And as soon as he gets the revelation of who Jesus is, well, that's what we need today. We need a revelation of who he is. He's not just another man, but he's God in flesh who was crucified for us. 
and he died for my sins. And when he got that revelation, he said, here is water. What does hinder me from being baptized? When should a person be baptized? Now, the, again, there's many denominations and groups that do it as children or as babies. The Bible tells us that we should be baptized when we're convicted of sin. Acts chapter 2 and verse 37, when they'd heard this, they were pricked in their heart. Yes. They were convicted. Yeah. They heard the word and they said, they said I, I, I feel like that's what I need to do. I realize that I'm a sinner. Yes. And they said, what should we do? And Peter said, repent and be baptized. Now, our responsibility is to preach the word. The Bible said, as many as believed was baptized. Repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission, forgiveness of sins. He said, and that you shall then receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Now, but we're not to persuade and pull and scare people and talk people into it. He said, people must come sanely, soberly, under conviction and receive Christ. He said, then the first thing they do as soon as they receive Christ sitting in their seats, he said, the next thing is to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of those sins that they have been convinced that they are wrong. He said, that's how they're remitted of their sins, see, because they have repented. Yeah. So when should we be baptized? When you feel that conviction. Yeah. To repent. He said, because they have repented, been baptized as a memorial to the people that I have received Christ as my personal Savior, then that makes you a candidate for the Holy Ghost. So when you have repented is when you should be baptized. You felt conviction, you have repented. Baptism is not repentance, but it's a sign of repentance. Yeah. Luke chapter 24 and verse 46 uh, he said, it said unto them, Thus it is written, Thus it behooved Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day, that repentance and remission of sins should be preached. In Acts 3 and 19, it says, Repent ye therefore and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out. What a wonderful scripture. He said, When the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord, that when you feel that presence of God, that there'll be something in your heart that you say, Lord, I'm sorry. And that's what all it takes. Yes, sir. That's right. You're trying to work yourself back up into favor with God. No, you have favor with God if you yield yourself to God. Yes. He said, but I don't know everything yet. It doesn't matter. Yield to what you do know. Yes. Walk with Christ. Yes. Walk with him into death. Walk with him into the burial. Yes. Walk with him into baptism. Walk with him to go into church. Yes. Walk with him when you go to school. Walk yes. with him whatever you do. Yes. When you find something you're not doing that the word says to do, you do it. When yes. you find something you're doing that the word says don't do, you don't do it anymore. Yes. Why you're walking with him. You're following him. You're yielding yourself to him. You've repented of your sins. Repent and be converted that your sins may be blotted out. Oh, I need my sins blotted out. Don't you? Then repent and be converted. Amen. When the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. When should you be baptized when you understand what you're doing? And this is where it gets with, with the children. Infants don't understand what they're doing. A person, now they may not have a great understanding, but they need to have an understanding. And you parents know, I, I would be careful about rejecting baptism because you don't know if that will ever move on their heart again. That's right. That's right. And a person can be rebaptized, like I said, if they realize they weren't as serious as they should have been. Right. And yet we need to make sure they understand what baptism is. Right. They need to understand that Jesus died for their sins. Right. They need to understand that they are a sinner. When they're old enough to understand that, they're old enough to be baptized. Yes. A person who does not understand is not accountable for sin. You understand that if a person was mentally incapable of understanding, Amen. that person is not accountable for sin. Right. At all. Amen. Every, 
You think the blood of Jesus was just for us? You think about the grace of God. You take somebody who's, who's never maybe reached an age of accountability because their mind's been limited, because they were born maybe in a certain way, and the healing never comes, and they, they remain in that state. They never sinned. See, but they were born in sin. Yes, they were. But the blood of Jesus Christ. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It atones for that person. Babies don't go to hell. You think heaven's going to be underpopulated? Think about it for a minute. You say, well, there won't be room. I bet you he's got room. You know, I've always, as a father, I always wanted to have room for my kids, but Jeremy, I always wanted to have a big enough house. I always liked to have room. And there were times it was a little cramped, but I always wanted to have a room of their own. They could stay in because I always had to stay with Joel or somebody else growing up. I always wanted to have a room of their own. Jesus has room. If I, if just in my natural, I would work and do everything I can to make sure my kids have enough room. What about him? There'll be room. <laughs> but there'll be thousands, millions that have died that, that never knew. And even those who died without any knowledge, maybe you say, well, there's heathens that die and have no knowledge. But even they can be convicted of sin. And they'll be raised in the, in the general resurrection and be dealt with in that way. There'll be people who saw you on the side of the road. Oh, my and stop to see if you're okay. And they'll get there on that day and they'll raise up in their old vile body with their sins on them. And they'll stand there on that. That's what the scripture said. He, when he separated the sheep from the goats. And the grace and the mercy of God will be so great at that time. Because they gave a cup of water. And they didn't know any better. He said, come... Enter into the joys of the Lord. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. He said, Lord, when did we know that you were hungry and thirsty? Yeah. <laughs> he said, as you've done it to the least of my disciples, yeah. you've done it unto me. God's got room. The blood of Jesus Christ atones for sin. But listen to me this yeah. morning. If you're here this morning, you're able to hear the gospel message. If you're able to hear that grace wants to do more for you yes, than just where you make it into heaven. Yeah. But that grace wants to reach down into the condition where you're at, into the place where you are, and it wants to pull you up out of sin. It wants to reach down and grab a hold of who you are, grab a hold of everything that's gone wrong and all the, all the doubts and the fears of life and pull you up in the newness of life. That same grace that atones for the baby wants to make you a new creature in Christ. Because you've heard the gospel. Now what, what do we do? We just follow that. What? You know, I don't follow Christ because I'm afraid I'll go to hell. Yeah. I follow Christ because of his overwhelming yes. love. Yes. Yes. I'm just standing there, Brother Gabe, and it just, it just overwhelms me. Yeah. I can't do anything else but follow Christ. Yeah. And the scriptures make me wise to that. The scriptures say it makes me wise to salvation. The scriptures show me. You say, well, the scriptures aren't right, but the scriptures show me the love of God. Yeah. I'm going to have to skip past some things, but we'll close in a moment. Notice, we don't find in the scripture where they do infant baptism. 
Baptism is a confession that an inward work of grace has been done. Little infants has no knowledge of sin. And when Jesus died at the cross, he took away the sin of the world. So when the baby becomes a human being born into the world, they have no sin of their own. Therefore, they have no repentance to be done. But the blood of Jesus Christ takes away sin. But when he, he, and I'm skipping through. I'm sorry to those that are following me in the back. He said, but there, uh, he said, you come into the world speaking lies, sinners by nature, but the blood of Jesus Christ atones for that. But when the baby comes to the age of accountability, knows what's right and wrong, then it has to repent for what it has done. It's sin now. It's just a sin, just like it's born in sin. It's a human sin. The sin now is the sin that Adam and Eve did. That was omitted by God by the blood of Jesus Christ. He said, now the baby has no sins to repent from until he sins. And then he's got to repent. And when he repents, then is the time to be baptized. Yes. Amen. Hallelujah. Then yes, he's baptized by immersing. What follows baptism? Sanctification follows baptism. The scripture said he gave himself, he loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify it. He doesn't want to leave us in our filthy garments, in our old ways. He wants to sanctify us. Preaching to the church now, that's an ongoing process. Yes. Right? An ongoing process. You continue to walk in sanctification. If your mouth is not as sanctified as it should be, you need to be washed by the waters of the word. Yes. If your walk is not as sanctified as it should be, maybe you should find a place of repentance, a place of sanctification. Let the Word wash you. Yes. <laughs> he wants to present it to Himself, a glorious church. That's an ongoing process. You've got to stand in the water and be washed by the Word. Notice Brother Branham taught us that your first wedding was annulled. He said you've never done it in the first place because there's only one thing could do it. That would be God come down himself and took your place in the form of the Son of God, Jesus Christ, and washed you by the water, by the washing of the water, by the Word. The Word, not the denomination. The Word washed you. But if you won't stand in the water of the Word, how are you going to be washed? Follow him into repentance and then follow him into sanctification. Stand and be washed in the Word. And that continues all through your Christian walk. That alone isn't enough. You've got to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Brother Branham taught us that full obedience to the full word of God entitles us to the token. Do you see how it begins with baptism? You're obedient to baptism. You're obedient to the things you know to do. That's all you can do. You can't save yourself. But you can be identified with the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. And when you're identified in baptism, then you can be raised with him in newness of life. But that's obedience to the word. It's better to obey than to sacrifice. It's better to obey than to beat yourself up. Yes. Huh. I'm just being honest with you yes. today. You can beat yourself up all the rest of your life. won't do you any good. Better to obey God. Yes. Come, under, come under headship of Christ the Word. Yes. Just obey God. Do what God says. Yes. God says I should be in church better to obey than to beat myself up. Yes. God says I should wash. Uh, I should be baptized than I should be baptized. God says I should... Pay my tithes, I'll pay my tithes. God says I should do these things, I'll do it. Yes. Not because somebody needs it. Not because we have a building program and we pull money out of you. But because God said so. Yes. Yes. Whatever God says, that's what we do. Right? Yes. And he said you must be born again. That don't mean jump up and down at the altar. It don't mean walk back there and shake hands with the pastor. That don't mean all this foolishness we've seen done. It, means, it don't mean putting your name on a church book. It means death to your first being. Life to the second being. It means the blood has been applied. You're identified by the life of Jesus Christ. And if he is the vine, and we are the branches. The life that's in the branch, he said, also from the vine, it'll bear the yes. fruit. Listen, he will not leave you. Yes. <laughs> now, that's such a powerful scripture where David says, he will not leave my soul in hell. 
I will not suffer my Holy One to see corruption. He will not leave you in dead trespasses and sins. If you are faithful and come to Him in baptism and surrender yourself completely to Him, the promise is to you and to your children and to them that are afar off. He will fill you with the Holy Ghost. Yes. If you have died to your first being, He is faithful to do that. That will never stop. That will never stop. Don't you see why the Satan wants to take away baptism from us? Don't you see why he wants to take away communion from us? He yeah. wants to take away foot washing. He wants to take away get to gathering together. Yeah. In the hour that we live in, he wants to take that away from us because that's what, when we do that, we're being obedient to God. And when we come together, listen, they were obedient to God to come into the upper room. Yes. He said, tarry in Jerusalem. And when they did, the Holy Ghost fell on them. And when you come in obedience to God, listen, if you're here this morning and you're suffering with something and there's some kind of sickness in your body, yeah. you've come in obedience to God, then you can receive your healing today. Yes, this is the time when he comes, when you're being obedient to the word. Yes, Amen. Amen. I wish I had more a voice to preach this morning. Are you hearing me today? Yes. Yeah. Are you hearing the word today? Yeah. He will not leave you in the grave of dead trespasses and sins. I'm so glad for that. Yeah. He did not leave me where he found me. But he raised me up. Listen, young people, children, some of you have been baptized. Some of you are about to be baptized. He will not leave you where you are. He will raise you up all through your life. Yes. He promised to do that. He promised he would be there to help you. Now what do you do? You follow him. That's called discipleship. You become his disciple. You follow him as a disciple. Acts chapter 2 and verse 41. They that gladly received his word were baptized. And the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship. And breaking of bread and in prayers. Yes. And fear come upon every soul and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. Why? Because they believed the word. Yes. Listen, if we believe the word today, we're going to go to church. Right. If we believe the word, we're going to follow him to church. Yes. If we believe the word, we're going to follow him to baptism. Yes. If we believe the word, we're going to follow him to the, these ordinances that have been laid out. And to fellowship with him. Beyond just the ordinances. To a communion with him. But the Bible said, if God is in your heart, that's what we need today. God in our heart. You can't hardly wait for them doors to open out yonder to get in here to fellowship with your brothers. If you don't feel that way, I tell you, he said, it's time you got to pray. Amen. He said, but Brother Ben, this has been so simple this morning. I understood all of this. I think it's something Mark Twain said one time. He said, it ain't those parts of the Bible that I can't understand that bothers me. It's the parts I do understand. I don't know what stage you are in the journey today. But if you follow him to baptism, it gives me hope that you'll follow him to the Holy Ghost. Yes. Follow him to the Holy Ghost and I see you taking communion with the saints and washing feet. It gives me hope. Yes. Huh? Isn't that why we feel so good when our kids get baptized? Yes. It gives us hope they're following Christ. Yes. And if they follow me, they might mess up. Yeah. If they follow me, they could find an example that would be imperfect. Although I strive to walk with God. But if they follow me, it would be an example that would be imperfect. But if they could follow Christ. Yes. If I could ever point them to that one that they could be led by. They could be led all through their life. And then it wouldn't matter what happened. Yeah. It wouldn't matter if, if they were disappointed. It wouldn't matter if church turned against them. If, if people turned against them. If, if, if people were unfaithful. If people didn't do what they were supposed to do. See, all that will matter unless they're following Christ. But if they follow Christ, they'll make it. Why don't you follow in death, burial, and resurrection? 
walk with him in newness of life. Let's bow our heads together. I wonder if we could just make this a statement. Where he leads me, I will follow. I don't know if we even know the, the words or the, uh, the tune to that. Where he leads me, I will follow. I'll follow all the way. Where he leads me, I will follow. Where he leads me, I will follow. Now just while you're talking to him for a moment. Where he leads me, I will follow. I'll go with him. With him all the way. And she plays that. Heavenly Father, Lord, I believe that people have listened today and it's been broken up. And I, I know I haven't done as good a job as I could have. I'm sorry for that, Lord. But Lord, I, I believe your word is true and it's powerful, sharper, quicker than any two edged sword. As I stand here, Lord, even annoyed at myself because it could be said in so much a better way. And yet overwhelmed by the grace and the truth of it. Lord, to know that your blood atones for all of my sin. All of my children. For all of these young people that are gathered here. For all of these older people. Maybe someone who's been, Lord, in rebellion against God for many years. But yet, you're bidding to them today and beckoning to them to come and follow. Follow all the way. If the old man is dead, it doesn't matter what was done in the old life. What matters is the one that walks and how we walk in newness of life. I pray, Lord, that you'd help us to follow you. Lord, as a pastor, may I follow you and into, Lord, whatever you would have me to say. Lord, as a people, may they follow you into new life. May they follow you into loving one another. Follow you into fellowship with the church. Follow you into forgiveness, Lord. Follow you into the newness of life. Only your spirit can give us. I pray that that would be so today. Lord, if there's people maybe perhaps here that have not been baptized, I, I pray you'd convict them of sin today. Lord, that maybe, maybe you've done a work in their life of repentance, but realize that next step is to be baptized in Christian baptism, I pray that they would go quickly to the water. Lord, I know it won't be by my own efforts, but according to your word. Lord, may they be convicted today by the work of the Holy Spirit. Lord, if there's one maybe that's refused to take communion or, or to wash feet, I pray you'd convict them of that, Lord. Lord, and that they'd come together with the people of God. Lord, it, though we're all sinners, Lord, we need to walk together and do the things you promised and you told us to do. We'll be happy if we do those things. We thank you for that, Lord. I pray you'd help us as a church to do the simple things right. Do what we can do, Lord, knowing that you'll pick up the slack. You'll do, Lord, if we yield our, our members to you, you will do exceedingly and abundantly above what we could ask or think. I pray you'd grant it today, Lord, as we go worship just for a moment and go into the baptismal service, Lord, I... I pray that your spirit would continue to be with us. Lord, that you continue to work in every heart.
pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Brother Joel, come and let's just worship him a moment. Let's stand together and sing that. If you need to pray, the altar's open this morning. Where he leads me, I will follow.
and loved me so. Aren't you glad that he did this morning? And he looked beyond all my faults. And he saw that predestinated seed. Do you believe it this morning? Sing with all your hearts now. Oh, and I shall for it. service here and if you can try to try not to just fellowship until we get over until we're done with the baptism if you would please and just as we go let's sing that song I just want to be ready just like I say just try not to fellowship too much if you can until we get done with the baptism we'd appreciate that God bless you oh I just want to be ready and I just want to be ready to go Oh, and I just want to be ready. Oh, I, well, I want to be ready to go. Yes, I, well, I'm going to be ready. 